Dave Williams presents Conversations.Buzz. Together again My tears have stopped falling Hi, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing just fine. I miss you. Well, thank you. I I, I miss uh, miss I miss seeing you too. Although I don't miss seeing you at four a.m. It's got nothing to no. do with you. It's just that time, right? Yeah. You know what time I got up this morning? No. Seven thirty. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's too late for me. <laughs> Listen, I've been doing morning radio for I figured it out. It's like forty four years. Mm-hmm. Minus the two uh, nine month breaks I got for unemployment, but right. uh, I've been I've been getting up in the middle of the night forever. So uh, to me, sleeping in is like five thirty. But uh, Carol Ann won't have it because the dogs start making noise if I get up. So I stay until six thirty, and then I'm a lot up. of times I'll get up at like three or four and I'll be up for a little bit and then I'll kind of go back to sleep. Yeah, I do that too because I go to go to sleep so early in the evening. Still, I don't I don't really? not at well not at eight o'clock. Like like I used to, but uh, when I when we were working, but uh, oh, somewhere between nine and ten, start to nod off a little bit. Hey, I'm old. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm binge watching Netflix to like eleven or twelve. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, um, AB and I worked together at uh, KLIF in Dallas for about eleven and a half years. Be coming up on twelve in March, and you uh, you resigned. What in September? Well, I, reti- I retired. Yeah, well, from I retired. radio, but you've got right you've got from more radio. Work. Uh, back work. in September, yeah. after twenty years in mm-hmm. Dallas yeah. on both WEAP and KLIF, right, and thirty-five in Radio Total. So some nice round numbers for me. So that that was good. Thirty-five years. Thirty-five well, years. You don't look tired. Well, you you never looked tired. I would say, although, you know, in radio, we have the uh, the uh, grand opportunity to drag ourselves in at four o'clock in the morning looking like crap. And whoever <laughs> we're working with doesn't care. It doesn't matter. I used to tell people. I do my makeup a lot more now. I actually, you know, have to look human every single day now. <laughs> so I actually get up and I, I mean, I always showered, but yeah. I, I to be 100 percent real I didn't always put on makeup, and sometimes I just rolled in in what I wore the day before. Sure, that's pretty much what I always did. But I, but uh, then I would get cleaned up when I went home, right? Because and I try to try to look a little bit better for Carol Ann when she came home from work. Anyway, um, so let's talk a little bit about your career and uh, talk about uh, radio in general. And uh, you know, it was uh, a few years ago we did a. For a brief time, we did a podcast uh, for the radio station. It's called mm-hmm. Brain Crumbs, right? Yeah. With Dave and Amy. And uh, as I recall, we started off by interviewing each other. So I would like to kind of interview you and have you go back over some of that same ground, if you don't mind, such as the, the wonderful story about how you got interested in being a reporter when you were just a kid. Yeah, Um I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up or even to do just in general as a hobby, because I've never had a lot of holly hobbies, as I like to call them. Um, And I was, I guess I was in middle school and I was laying on the couch and it was at the time when cable vision uh, was just coming of age and they were having digital access channels available for people to come down and actually do their own local productions. 
And so I lived in Canton, Massachusetts, and it was Canton Cable 8. And I was flipping through the cable channels and I saw an ad saying they were looking for volunteers to come down and help out with the productions. Well, I sat up from the couch so fast and I told my mom I wanted to do that. She got me in the car. She was so excited that uh, I wanted to do something and uh, took me down there. And that was really the start of my love affair with broadcasting. And I did everything behind the scenes uh, from computer graphics to camera work. And then I started doing things in front of the camera, most notably uh, a man on the street interview in front of the post office for our weekly show called Main Street. And I would peop- ask people about Nicaragua and, and all these crazy topics. And you and were a young mother- teenager. And I was in middle school. My mother's like, where is this coming from? <laughs> you know? And uh, that's kind of how I got bit by the broadcasting bug. And as you know, once you get bit by the broadcasting bug, it's hard to get unbit by the broadcasting bug. Um, and so yeah. that was my career for the next 35 years. Yeah. You went to uh, Syracuse University, notably one of the greatest uh, greatest schools in the world for for broadcasting and journalism. How did that come about? Um, well, I knew I wanted to do, I thought I wanted to be behind the scenes, honestly. I thought I wanted to do TV, radio, film management. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I applied to all the good broadcast schools from Syracuse and Ithaca and Boston University, Northwestern, uh, I forget, GW, I think, American But I applied early to Syracuse because the moment I walked on the campus, literally my parents drove up to Newhouse. I got out of the car and I said, I can see myself going here. I hadn't even seen anything on campus. It was just a feeling that I got. Really? Um, So I applied early. I got in and the rest is sort of history. And I'm sorry about my dinging that keeps happening. I can't hear a thing. Oh, you can't hear it? I just hear you talking. That's all. Well, that's good. I guess it must be dinging in my But you head. just reminded me to, to shut my sound <laughs> off on my phone. So go ahead. Um, talking about so, Newhouse. And so the rest is, is really history. I, st- I started to go there and I started working at the campus radio station, which was a professional and is still a professional radio station. It was a jazz station at the time. And I think it still is. It was an NPR affiliate. And so I started uh, working I as always, a jazz you know, you're not the you're not the first person to tell me that story, and I, I don't, and but the other person it was not Syracuse. I don't remember where it was, but I asked at the time. I said, "What is it about college radio stations that they always have to play classical music or jazz? <laughs> what is that?" I don't know. <laughs> so you know, I began to have sort of a love affair with jazz music, and. Um, was a DJ and ended up being a DJ like three days a week. And that's when I realized that I love being on the air. And that's when I changed my major from TRF management to broadcast journalism. And then I started working in their news department. And then I got a job as a reporter at a professional radio station downtown, WSYR and Y94 FM. I was Amy Allen on Y94 FM working for the great Tom Langmeyer at the time. And he was actually my first. Had a long uh, talk with Tom not too long ago. I know it's we were my, both so young at the time. It's on, um, on my podcast, but uh, so, but I'm I'm guessing because I don't know. I didn't even go to college, much less a broadcast school. But uh, uh, your your choices was pretty much limited to journalism, right? I mean, there was no just radio in general. It was yeah. It was t- it was TV, radio, film is yeah. what it was. Oh, um, 
I mean, we did, we did radio. I took a radio writing class and I remember taking uh, a documentary class where we were supposed to write a radio documentary, but I ended up actually going a step further and producing and editing it and voicing it myself. Really? So I was the only one in the class who actually took it that step further. Yeah. That says, that says everything, you know, do more than you are asked and you will be <laughs> successful at whatever your attempt, unless you're really, really lousy at it, but still, right. Even so, right. I'm sure if I listen to those tapes, I, I have cringed listening back to those tapes because I was still sort of packing my car in Harvard Yard with my Boston accent, <laughs> which still comes out, by the way, when I'm tired. Yes, I remember that. I started recognizing that eventually when we were working together. So while you were at uh, while you were at Syracuse, you met a young man. Yes, Jack Fink later became my husband. We were just friends. Yeah. Uh, when we were um, at Syracuse, he's a year older than me. And he also was a, a broadcast journalism major. And um, he got a first job in Utica, New York, in TV. Mm-hmm. And a year later, a job opened up at the radio station in Utica, New York. So I called him and I said, is it a good station to work at? And he said, do you have anything else? And I said, no. And he said, then take it. <laughs> that and makes it so- a great station. That makes it a great station. Exactly. So I went and uh, we got we, you know, went out a couple of times and then started dating. And a year and a half later, we got married wow. or engaged, at least. And then six months later, we got married. So, so that's incredible. Yeah, we married were, 30 years. So you both uh, you both went to the same same college, same school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and your daughter went there, too. Yes. Yes, it was the last place on earth she wanted to go because we both went there until we said to her, it checks all your boxes and don't worry about us. No one will ever know us or remember us. Of course, that wasn't the case. (laughs) Some of the instructors probably go. Yeah, actually, they did. They were some of them were still there. Um, So she went and she absolutely loved it as well. And she was Talking about Jenna Fink, who is making quite a name for herself now doing TV sports in what, Tucson? Yeah, she's in Tucson. She's in and before Tucson. that, she was in Northern California. She's, she is really, really good. Thank she, you. you know, I know I told you this at the outset. The first time I saw you, uh, you had recorded one of her uh, on camera reports or something. From uh, from Chico, California. That was her first full time job. Yeah, and I said, you know what? She's she's got it, and she's mm-hmm. she's going to. And I didn't you know, make this public uh, prediction again. She's going to be doing NFL sideline reporting, and probably NFL play by play before too long. She's just that good. Oh, I think. Thank you from your from your mouth to God's ears. She the camera loves her. And she works so so hard, and she's really good at what she do what she does. And she obviously got the broadcasting gene, and and simply loves it. And of course, we Cavell as parents, and um, I, I don't know if it's a it's a good thing or a bad thing to have two parents who are in the broadcasting business because we've coached her so much and and given her so many pointers. But um, she seems to enjoy that and always asks us for help. And well, so sure. That's absolutely it makes perfect sense. Uh, speaking of camera, you said the camera loves her. The camera loves you too. You never had uh, any desire to to be working in TV on camera. You know, I did. Um, 
I applied, I was working in Utica, New York, and I was trying to get out and I applied for a job in Bangor, Maine uh-huh. for a TV job. And I had a tape and it wasn't, it wasn't very good at all, but it's what I had from college at the time. And I got an interview with the news director. And the first thing he said to me is, you don't have a face for radio when I met him. And, <laughs> and I literally drove up through a blizzard to get there. And it turns out that he was leaving his news director position while he was hiring this new reporter and he needed someone who had TV experience or he said, I would have hired you. Uh He said he needed someone who had already been in TV. And then I felt as if, uh, you know, Jack and I got married and I felt it was, it it was easier for me to move around in radio and move up the food chain to bigger markets while he was still moving around because there are so few women who are really, really good in news on the radio. Because most women are going into TV now. Yeah. 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 Well, that was certainly the case back then. So um, I, I worked oh, at some great, great radio stations, um, WFLA in Tampa. I worked like you did at KFWB yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. I was there before you were there. Um, I worked for WDBO in Orlando, which is still a wonderful radio station. And then here in Dallas, I was lucky enough. Uh, to work at BAP and KLIF. Here's a little pro tip for you aspiring broadcasters out there based on what Amy just said, and that is when uh, when the person you are applying to for a job tells you that he or she is hiring for this position, but he or she is then leaving, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> I had that happen once. I actually got a job. I had a program director who was absolutely in love with my work this was in san francisco and uh shortly and shortly thereafter he left and uh-huh. his replacement didn't care for my gig my my thing at all uh, yeah. so you gotta, it's you always know. hard when there's i think my husband has now worked for i don't even know how many news directors for channel 11 in dallas seven eight nine he's on i don't even know in 20 years Jack Fink, he's uh, primarily a political reporter, but he does other things, too, for uh, KTVT, KTTV. I can never remember the call letters. Uh, KTVT. Okay, TVT. And yeah, uh, Channel 11 is a CBS affiliate, and uh, he's big. He's good. He can he can he's walk great. into the governor's really office great. any old time and, you know, snuggle up and, and uh, get the scoop. So let me talk just for a moment about your other daughter, uh, we've got, uh, Jenna and Jillian, and we're talking about Jillian now. And, and she's, uh, she's a really interesting person in terms of what it is that she seems to be preparing to do. Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, she wants to become a teacher and she's always had a love of, uh, kids and always been so good with them. I mean, she's just truly amazing with them. And so she's a junior now. She's also in Tucson at the University of Arizona and absolutely loves it. So she's studying. Well, the two uh, sisters the- live in the same city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they get along okay. They do. They do. It's nice. They, you know, they're not on top of each other. They live about 20 minutes away, but they oh, get together cool. to have brunch and to do shopping and other activities. So it, it's really nice. And it makes it easy for us because it's just one destination to <laughs> right. have to go visit when we go. So we make it an extended stay. So it's nice. But uh, no, she's doing student teaching right now. And she actually today, 
uh, she got a, uh, a little part-time job working in one of the districts in Tucson as a substitute teacher, and it's a paid position. And uh, today's her first day really? teaching kids by herself. She has sixth graders that she's doing today. She needs to teach them, I think she said, social studies and, and literature. Today is so, January 26th, 2024. Those so of you keeping track. Really Yes, yeah, so she was really, really excited. It, it's a great opportunity for her, and, yeah. and it's going to give her a wonderful experience. Yeah. Well, so the whole family is just everything just swinging along for you. And here you are still in North Texas. And what are you doing now? I, I kind of know, but I really don't don't have a good handle on it. Um, I, I'm doing sort of everything and everything that interests me. I'm doing a lot of writing um, for an online company called, I don't know, we used it a lot for our research, studyfinds.org. Oh, yeah. So I'm doing writing for them. And I'm doing a lot of uh, bio writing, you know, how I love people's lives. And I'm very interested in that. So um, you're a naturally nosy person. It's a good field. Exactly. I like to ask questions. So I just finished up doing uh, a whole bio rewrite for um, an East Texas law firm. And now I'm going to start another project uh, for a writer who's selling a book and I'm redoing his bio. And uh, what else am I doing? I'm doing a lot of voiceover work for a business to business marketing company that has a video platform in Dallas. I'm doing live events, I'm hosting, I'm working, doing video, I'm helping CEOs with their on-air delivery. So I'm doing a lot. I'm busy. Yeah, see, and- see, what you called retiring from radio, I don't consider that retirement at all because you're working at least, you're working more than you were there. Probably, probably, but it's when I want to work. Yeah. On my time, my terms and my schedule. And if I want to go away, we've done so much traveling over the past three months and it's been nice. I just take my laptop with me yeah. and I either work or I don't work. And it's wonderful. I was able to spend time with my daughter down in San Antonio. She was down there to cover the Alamo Bowl because mm-hmm. Arizona was in the Alamo yeah. Bowl. So I went down there and spent the week with her and I was able to work remotely when she was doing her thing. And we were able to eat meals together, and it was great. Let's talk about us together a little bit and uh, how we met, what, 12, almost 12 years ago. Uh, Tyler we Cox. We met at a Cracker Barrel. Our first yes. meeting was at a Cracker Barrel, and we had <laughs> coffee, and I treated you to coffee. Do you remember? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cracker Barrel in Arlington, because uh, the in radio were in Arlington at the time. And uh, Tyler Cox, my old friend from Sacramento 30-some years ago, hired me uh, to come out here and work with you. And I was in desperate need of a job. I'd been out of work in Los Angeles for about nine months, and it was the second time, or nine months. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were to a point of, uh, uh, well, we had to file bankruptcy. And then Tyler called and says, you interested in coming to Dallas? And I said, heck Yes. And I was interested in Texas anyway. I've always loved the idea right. of working in Texas. But then, uh, as I, so as I started the trip across country, I came first and Carol Ann stayed in Los Angeles to. We actually played words with friends while you drove across the country. Remember when words with friends was yeah. a thing? Before we met. Right. And right. I remember, I remember going to the website on the radio station's website and looking at you and I got, Oh my God, she's like 25. I'm going to no. have to train. That was another. an old picture. <laughs> So I was in my I was in my early forties. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you weathered well. So, Thanks. so we met, and 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 then we started working together. I guess we did like a practice week. Mm-hmm, I remember that. But the format yeah. was so different when we first started. Don't you remember? It was basically oh, yeah. all news. We were just reading the news for four hours. Right. Essentially, the same stories every forty-five minutes or less. And there was really no chance for us to comment. Right. Well, it was and not. Then- it was not something that was that was typically done in the market to right, talk right. about the I mean, The show has so, sort of morphed over the years into we're not just doing the news, we're talking the news. Yeah. But well, I always it? our show sometimes off the air was better than the one on the air. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, it actually it occurred our- to me more than once to say, well, maybe we should have them put a camera in here and go on live. Uh, and then I thought, no, you know, there's just too much, you you too much downtime during the commercial breaks. You need a chance to be able to relax and and regroup, and and to make comments to each other about mm-hmm. about the morning show and and what's going on and what's coming up and what we should be doing and what you know and what was that last segment wasn't very good. What happened there? I mean, we need to be able to talk a little bit behind right, the scenes. Right. And while we we're did, there. and we did. And and it's really hard to find two people who get along so well, not uh, both on the air and off the air. Yeah. And I still consider you uh, one of my closest friends and uh, not only my on-air partner. I mean, I called you my, you know, work husband. So well, yeah. And- and I, my wife referred to you as my work, work wife because, uh, frankly, you and I were spending more time together on a daily basis during the week than she and I were because she's working until about six o'clock in the evening. I go to bed at eight. You know, so we probably uh, know more about each other than we really should because <laughs> we're working in a small room together for four hours every single day. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything embarrassing about you. Oh, I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I guess so. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It really was a lot of fun. And, but there's uh, a time and place for everything. Yeah. And um, I just felt that it was, you know, it was time for me to move to the next chapter of my life now that my kids are out of the house. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to experience other things and to and to be able to stay up past seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And um, I've been able to do that. I go to book club now without having to leave early. I learned how to play mahjong, and I'm in a couple of mahjong groups. I you play uh, pickleball. Of course, you were doing that. Before. Yeah. Yep. I, I increased my pickleball. Um, my friends have introduced me to happy hour. I'm able to go to lectures now at night. Um, so it's it's been really nice. And Your sometimes friend. I have I have to remind myself that I can do these things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Because when you're conditioned for 20 years to say no to everything, it's hard to learn how to say yes. I have friends who are uh, uh, forever asking, well, do you miss it? Do you miss being on ra- in radio? And I, I tell you what, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. It's all I've done since I was straight out of high school. I was 17 mm-hmm. when I got into radio and it's all I've done since then. And I really didn't know what to expect from myself in that in that regard, but I know I we had a lot of fun on the air on a daily basis. But 
I don't miss it because number one, done it all, said it all. And number two, that 4.30, that uh, 2.30 wake up call. The killer. Was just getting, getting to be a drag. You know, people say, well, you get used to it. No. Oh, you never, ever get used to it, no matter how long you've been doing it. And, you know, <laughs> invariably the, the, the alarm would go off and I would let out a couple of expletives. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, hop in the shower and go on my merry little way. But um, I I kind of not being up that early, I've realized that I was a zombie for 20 years. I really was. It was like a walking zombie. And you don't realize uh, kind of an effect it has on um, on your body. It's it's it really takes a toll on your body. It really does. And on your mind, too. And this is something that I learned when I was still in Los Angeles and working every morning. And uh, I finally, I I had a physical and the doctor, I started talking to the doctor and I said, I've been really depressed lately. I Mm -hmm. said, I've got a little bit of a history of clinical depression, but that's in my past. That was cured with, with uh, chemistry. But since then, I've really had these ups and downs. And he said, he said, tell me about your sleep. I said, well, I usually take a nap. You know, I get up at uh, 2.30 in the morning, go to work, I come home, I take a nap, go to bed about 9 or 10. He says, hold on. He says, you cannot, you can't take two hours or one hour during the day and add it to the four or five hours you're getting at night and consider that to be six hours. It doesn't work that way. You need your nighttime sleep to be continuous. And without that, you have, he says, you are sleep deprived. And and I, and, and I know you you raised a son while doing this. I raised two daughters yeah. while doing this with all of that their activities. And uh, I mean, if you ask them, they'll probably always say that my favorite line is, "Oh, I felt like I've been hit by a truck," because I would say that constantly. <laughs> I remember one morning you came in, and I I said. I said to you, I would, I, I've been there a few minutes. I was already working. I was looking at, looking ahead at what we had to talk about. And you came in and you said, Oh, is it Monday yet? <laughs> or is it Friday yet? Right. That's what they like. Is it Friday yet? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've been watching this, you know, from time to time for years. And I finally said, you know what? You, I come, you come in here. I am working. I've got my head. <laughs> I'm focused. And you come in here with that dreary, and you said, am I bringing down the room? And I said, yes, that's exactly what you're doing. But you know what I found that was so wonderful about um, our relationship, both on and off the air, is when um, you needed propping up, I was there to do it. And when I needed propping up, you were there to do it. And I, I feel like we we both weren't um, dreary on the same day, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. We were there to support each other. Yeah. And, and that's what was so great about our relationship. Do you have any uh, any thoughts that maybe you might get back behind a microphone, you know, professionally at some doing, point? I'm still doing voiceover work. What kind of what kind of voiceover work? Are you doing uh, uh, institutional type narration and stuff? For, yeah, for business to business videos. Uh, um, Not commercials. Like no, not commercials. I'd like to get into maybe uh, books on tape. Yeah. And I looked um, into I, that, actually. Some you live know. event hosting. Sorry, some live event hosting. 
and some video like on on camera work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked into the uh, audio books thing. I may still go after it, but it, I found out number one is it's really hard work, and it doesn't pay well. Yeah, it is a lot of work. At least at the outset, because you have to do your own editing and everything. You've got to make sure that the production it sounds pretty good. I mean, you send it on to a publisher and they and they tweak it, but uh, you got to have a pretty well finished product when you when you send it to them. And they pay something like I don't know, it was like forty or sixty dollars an hour. That means it doesn't mean for every hour that you put in no, doing every it. completed hour. Yes, produced hour. Right. That's a lot. Right. That can take five yeah, hours right. to do that. So yeah, it can. But you have a column. That's exciting. You're you're a published writer now. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, I'm on uh, Barrett News Media every Friday morning. So your, pe- is- your pieces have been excellent. Well, thank you. I. It's imb- it it's it's a little bit nerve wracking because it's an opinion column about radio and radio news, particularly mm-hmm. news and talk. So you've and, told everyone that I was your favorite, right, to work with? Oh, I haven't gotten around to that yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep myself and my career out of it to whatever I'm extent. Kidding. I know I'm you are. Um, except except when something that I did or said or something that happened on the air or at a station where I worked is is key to the subject at hand in any particular right. day, you know. But uh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying that. But uh Anyway, I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, beyond that, I sit at home with the dogs and I fix dinner. I do some laundry. I got to go put some in right now. So, uh, I'm yeah, happy. I don't do, I don't, my husband does that. I don't do the laundry. <laughs> he does the laundry. All right. Listen. I'm busy though. I, I, I mean, today I'm not, well, today I have to do some work, but then I'm going to an event tonight. And uh, I'm going to play Mahjong on Monday afternoon. So I, I, I feel like I'm scheduled. Yeah. The scheduling drives me crazy. And I'm actually busier than I was before because I'm I'm busy uh, uh, arranging these podcasts, for example. And then and then there's a little bit of production that goes on afterwards. I'm right. thinking I'm thinking I may tack on to this one a uh, piece of audio from from you and me together. I've got some air checks of us doing some goofy bits and whatnot. We should do, do our own podcast, like Dave and Amy after radio. Well, here's the first one. I don't know what else we'd do next time, but. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do remember. Well, we can talk the news. I found a, I found a story actually this morning, and I thought this would have been our favorite story of the day. The guy the American Airlines jet that had to return because the there was a guy who was farting too much. Did you really? see that? Yes. <laughs> and I thought that would have been our favorite story of the day. Absolutely. He was filling the cabin, I guess. Huh? He was filling the cabin. <laughs> well, I saw one yesterday. I saw something yesterday that we would have talked about. There was an art exhibit, one of these modern uh, performance art things going on at the museum. Oh, like the apple or the banana. Yeah, that kind of thing. But this had right. but performance art involves people doing something. Right. right. This okay. was at the New York, the New York Museum of Modern Art or something. So one of the, yeah, the biggest, biggest places in the world. Yeah, I was just, of- I was just sitting outside of there uh, a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Well, it, 
you know, for it's just full of weird stuff, I guess. And so this exhibit, somehow they bought into this idea that this would be art. They have a man and a woman, and they run like 45-minute shifts. Both of them absolutely bare naked, standing in the center of the room, facing each other. Huh? And then the uh, the audience gets in a line and takes turn walking between them. Okay. I just don't want that. I don't want to do that. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so the man is now suing the museum because he's been grabbed a couple of times. Oh, <laughs> well, didn't he know that was going to happen? I mean, when you <laughs> sign up to do something like that, I don't and know. you're you, in New York City, you have to, to think that something like that is going to happen. See, that's one of those things that we used to talk about where we'd say, why do people feel compelled to spray paint signs on bridges and overpasses and stuff? Well, you can't, you can't put, you can't put your brain into, you can't wrap your brain around a brain that does that kind of thing. You can't you a, wrap your brain around stupid. That's what yeah, I Yeah, right. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like your little, is that a, a little, what's that thing with the headphones on? The little monkey. Oh, it's a, a little monkey. That's yes, my little icon. I bought that from Fiverr. I, like I got that from a. Oh, yeah. Kind of like our favorite story of the day jingle. Yeah. That you bought from Fiverr for 25 yeah. bucks or something. Yeah. I'll have to play that. I got to go look for, I got to look for uh, an air check with us doing a favorite story. And then I'll put that on the end of this. But uh, listen. One other thing, you mentioned that you bought me coffee at uh, Cracker Barrel when we first met uh, about a month or so ago. I paid for breakfast. It's your turn. You did. Yeah. You did. But you know what you used to do even more? What? Is you used to buy the coffee every single week that we used to drink. Yeah. And yeah, well, you know what else? And I missed it this year. You bought me a birthday present every single year we were together on the air, and it was always so awesome. It was such a thoughtful gift, and I missed it this year. You, you missed it this me- year because neither one of us was working there. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not coming over. So I'm still home. waiting for it to arrive. <laughs> I thought usually you buy it in January, so I figured that maybe you had just bought it already to me. You know? It's always some sort of jokey thing anyway. No, they were great. Yeah. Well... Always good talking to you. We'll get together again and have breakfast again, and uh, maybe we'll do this again, too. We should do a podcast. It'd be fun. News and information, 570 AM, 96.3 FM, HD2, KLIF. Well, we like to think that uh, if you listen to us every morning, you're going to learn something. So here we go. Uh, The story says, smaller testicle size in men appears to be linked to greater involvement in child-rearing, according to Georgia researchers. Mm -hmm. This study, published recently in the journal PNAS, was conducted by anthropologists at Emory University in Atlanta involving 70 fathers ages 21 to 43. The study participants, who were recruited with flyers and Facebook ads, I I don't (laughs) know. Did they pay them for this? (laughs) You boy, oh boy, I'm telling you. (laughs) To drop you, hey, drop them. Yes. Yeah, call call the nurse in here with the... uh, (laughs) With the ruler and the, and the little, the little uh, food scale. Would you? Would you <laughs> oh my goodness! Would you volunteer for a study like that? I think probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all these, uh, all these participants had children who were one or two years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the researchers measured the men's testosterone levels, 
and the testes volume mm-hmm. and performed brain scans while the uh, the the uh, the men were shown pictures of their own children's faces and faces of other children and the moms were also surveyed okay you know asked to find questions. out to find out what what kind of dad they were exactly yeah. okay. exactly and what they came up with Anthropology researcher Jennifer Mascaro said, father's testicular volume, they're talking about size here. Yes. Okay. Not volume in terms of, you know. Weight. Like you would say the volume of a bucket or something. It's not like that. No. There's size. Size. And by the way, (laughs) they did that. uh, And how did they determine the size? uh, They did. I'm just, uh, they they used MRI. Ah. So So, no rulers. No, no rulers. (laughs) Father's testicular volume and testosterone levels were inversely related to parental investment. And testes volume, I think she went out of her way to make this sound as clinical and boring mm. as possible. And testes volume was inversely correct, uh, correlated with nurturing-related brain activity when viewing pictures of their own children. Now, the point of all of this... Does that mean if you have less testosterone, then you're apt to be a better dad? That's, is that, is that kind, of, that's kind of what it's That's what they're saying, yes. Yeah. Is and it, if you have more testosterone, you're more manly. And I guess, yeah. Don't want to yeah. deal with changing the diapers. Gorilla, you know, that's women's work. <laughs> Researchers say the study was intended to determine whether biological factors might account for absentee fathers. Mm. Men who stray and go away and don't hang around to It's because they have big testicles. Yeah, it seems like a big leap, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to, to get to that conclusion. It seems like there are a whole bunch of other factors that may be involved in this, you think? too. Maybe, yeah. That maybe this yeah. was just sort of coincidental. Yeah. Because, would... what, 20 people or how many people took part? 70. 70? Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's an awful lot. Yeah. Well, the authors wrote, collectively, the data provided the most direct support to date that the biology of human males reflects a trade-off between mating and parenting effort. And you had another word for testicles. I was going to say, found, I didn't even get to, didn't even my get to that. And I want to know that. I Old know what it is. blind Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Old blind old Bob. Old blind Bob. And one-eyed milkman is another one, but I don't even oh. get it. But old blind... Oh, that's... I think I've heard the one-eyed milkman. I think uh, we're done with this segment. I think we are. KLIF News Time now, 651. Let's get some money news.